I have been so blessed to see so many people's lives changed. Not just healed. Healing is awesome. I love it. But so much more. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So the next point that I'd like to share tonight, like I said, I'm gonna, we're going to have a couple more testimonies woven in. The next uh, big idea about testimonies is that they create expectation. They create they create expectation. The Hebrew root word for testimony means to repeat, to do again. And there's two levels of that repetition and that doing again. One is in speaking or repeating, and the other is doing, to be repeated in action. The testimony is something to repeat in word and action. The word cannot be separated from the works. So the awareness of the nature of God through these testimonies, as we come to see the heart of God and the nature of God, it builds us up. It creates an expectation in our heart for God's ways to be manifested in us as well. Every record of what God has done, every testimony of what God has done, is a promise of what he'll do again. It's a promise of what he'll do again because guess what? Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Acts 10.34 says Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. The work is finished. The work was done independent of us. It doesn't depend on us. And it's the same for all of humanity as long as we receive it. That's the only qualifier is believing and receiving it. So this is a, a statement I'm going to make, and then I'm going to explain it. Our level of faith is directly connected to our expectation. We could say it the other way around. Our expectation, our level expectation, is directly connected to our level of faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, I talked about it earlier today. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the groundwork. Being persuaded of truth is the foundation for hope. And hope is expectation. <coughs> hope is having an expectation that it will happen for you. Faith is believing, being fully persuaded in God's truth that it is his will to heal. And that full persuasion lays the groundwork for expectation. Well, what do testimonies do? Testimonies point us to the nature of God. When they point us to the nature of God, that fuels our faith, that rekindles, that stirs it up. And that faith creates expectation. So when we share testimonies, expectation rises, hope rises. In Romans 15, 13, another, another awesome, beautiful scripture about this expectation. This is what the scripture says. May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. Amen. Amen. You know what? I want to take that scripture right now, and I want to pray it 
I want to pray this word over us. You're hearing a lot of testimonies tonight. You're hearing a lot of awesome pictures, snapshots, signs that point to the heart of God. I want to just take a minute to pray into this so that we receive everything that God has for us tonight. So just bow your heads for a second. Just let, let the Holy Spirit just settle in. Father God, we come before you right now and I pray this word over this body of believers, this body of people hearing this word. May the God of hope, may you, God, fill us up with joy, fill us up with peace in our believing as we experience our faith rising up, as we experience our faith connecting to the spiritual realm and carrying the miracles right to us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, may we abound, God. May we abound and be overflowing with expectation tonight. We, may we abound. May it just flow all over us and build us up and build up and overflow us and pour over us with expectation. Father, I thank you that we are receivers, that we are receivers of your, your gift as we hear these testimonies. We receive the nature of God and it just boosts our faith to, to receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, a couple more testimonies, and then I'll do the, the last point. So Lisa's going to come up again. She's got a different testimony. We're going to have two testimonies now. Lisa's going to share one, and I'm going to share one. We've had lots of testimonies about cancer. God heals more than cancer. <laughs> so we're going to share some more testimonies, and she's going to share one about pregnancy, and so am I. If you are somebody who's been trying to get pregnant, or you know somebody... These testimonies, I believe right now, are just going to stir something up in you to receive the same precious gift for you. Go ahead, Lisa. This one, is it on? Is it on? No, it's not on. Now I think it is. Okay. Hello? Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited to share this testimony because... I get to watch him all the time because he's four months old now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, he's so precious. I love him. Mm. My sister, I have three sisters, and my sister Holly is our youngest sister. She's seven years younger than I am. And she has a five-year-old daughter who was born two days before my surgery. And they waited about a year and a half to two years to try to become pregnant again because I knew it could take a little bit, but um, they tried and tried and tried and four months and six months and a year, and they were just, they just did their normal, and then she started to get um, pregnancy tests and, and, and ovulation kits, and it really became an obsession for her because obviously she wanted to have another baby, and um, so she, they went through, I mean, this just went on for a while, and so they finally decided to seek fertility options to see why is something happening with her, what is the problem. And um, so they did several, many different fertility treatments until finally the, um, and 
I, we talked about it all the time whenever I saw her. I mean, for years. And, and so they finally ended up doing one more procedure, which was very expensive. And it was, um, it was near Christmas time of 2013. And she had just confided in me and said, it's so expensive. And I don't think that he'll, <laughs> that he'll do that again, that her husband, husband will do that yeah. again. And so, um, she just, and she said that most people who do this treatment get pregnant. So she was extremely hoping that this would happen for her. And so the night before she went through and that's, oh my gosh, she had shots every single day. She had to keep going in for shots and she was so exhausted and consumed with what was happening. And so on the night before she was to find out, I was at our healing meeting and Cindy gave a word of knowledge over pregnancy. And so I knew, I immediately received that for my sister. And, uh, and there was a gentleman there who I'd been ministering to for many, many months uh, for his son-in-law. And he, as she was giving this with the words of knowledge, I was actually I was standing in the back because I get up and pray for people. And so I just stayed in the back. And he comes up because he was sitting in the front. And he has tears in his, in his eyes. And he said, I, I thought I was here for my son-in-law, but I'm really here for this Holly person, having no idea that Holly is my sister. He said, I, as she was speaking, he saw an angel come off the cross, come off the stage, and he was just holding this baby in a blue blanket, and he just walked all the way to the back. And he said, um, so I... I said, Holly's my sister. Like, I'm praying for her. It's my sister. So I was so excited. And on my way home, I called her. And it's not unusual that she wouldn't answer because she has, you know, a little girl and and her husband. And so she didn't answer. And I was like, oh. So on the the next morning, I knew she was going to find out that day. And so I, I tried calling her again. No answer. So I text the whole, I was like, all right, I'm like texting everything on the on the thing, and so she responded. She said, "You know, thank you so much because I'm, you know, gonna find out." She ends up finding out that she's not pregnant, that it didn't take, but because of the word that I said, she clung to that. But she never told her husband, and her husband said to her, "He says, Holly, we gotta move on. We can't, we cannot continue to do this." And so he says, we have, to, we have to move on. And so Holly clung to my words of faith and the angel vision, and she became pregnant within six weeks by no methods. Hallelujah. Um, Hallelujah. However, then she went in to find out what it was. She did ask. I said, do you want to know what it is? And she said, no, I don't want to know. And then all of a sudden she was like, yeah, can you tell me what it is? And I told her it was a boy. Again, she still never said anything to her husband. The angel vision that it was a boy. And so um, as they went to find out, they had found all kinds of bad reports. They said they, um, it looks like he has Down syndrome. Um, He has like a thick neck and he has all kinds of issues. And he, the doctors had suggested that they aborted this baby. And so they went for further testing and found even more problems with him. Um, that he, um, like an echogenic bowel where he would have had cystic fibrosis and, and other things like that. And so I went to the Lord and I said, okay, 
I need a scripture verse for her to stand on. This baby, all, all babies are from him. But he said, this baby specifically is a gift from you. There's no way he would have any issues. And so she prayed. She just prayed over him and prayed over him. And he gave me the scripture in Deuteronomy 28, blessed is the fruit of her womb. So I called her up. I said, Holly, we're going to pray over your, you're going to pray over your stomach. I'm praying over your stomach all the time, constantly. She was constantly praying, blessed is the fruit of my womb. And then they ended up finding out that she only had one artery in her umbilical cord, which you're supposed to have two. So they had told her that because of this, the baby's not going to get enough nutrients, and there's a big possibility that babies like that will be stillborn. So she had to go through a whole other series of tests. But again, I went to the Lord. I said, I need a scripture verse for this. And he gave me in the Psalms, it says, he shall live and not die. So Amen. I said, hey, Amen. he shall live and not die. Amen. That's what we're going to compl- claim the whole time. And, uh, and so on December 9th, <laughs> Miracle Max was born fully complete, fully healthy, Amen. Amen. And he was a big boy, and he still is a big boy. There was no lack of nutrients whatsoever, and he's still a big boy. And I get to watch him, and he is my joy and my delight. He's so fun, and I love to see him all the time. Whenever I see him, he's so fun and happy and smiley. And I just kiss those big cheeks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank and you, we do, Jesus. when I am over there and I go there Monday through Thursday, we just are in awe at how we just, and to see how much she loves him and how it's just such a, and I'm very excited to be able to share that story with him as he gets older. Amen. Amen. So, Amen. You can get that to come. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Um, I have a, a pregnancy testimony as well. Lisa, here's your folder, hon. And um, this one is uh, real fresh. The baby hasn't even been born yet, <laughs> so it's really, really, really fresh. But this is a, a lady named Erica who is our daughter and our daughter-in-law and son's nanny. And she'd been like like this mama, been trying to get pregnant for a long time, and she did. She became pregnant. We were out there visiting our grandkids, they live in Tahoe. We were out there visiting. And while we were there, Kay, our daughter-in-law, got a phone call from Erica that she had lost the baby. And she was absolutely devastated. So I told Kay, I said, "Hun, if you want, if you're comfortable, you can invite them over. We'll pray for them. Talk to them and pray for them. So that's what happened. And we had this, this meeting. Now, the, the, they're very strong Christians. She's a worship leader and her husband is a pastor. So they know God. But friends, they didn't know the fullness of the truth. They didn't know that Jesus is the healer and that it was a, a, a precious gift for them. The Bible said, I gave them a scripture in Exodus that said, none shall be barren or cast their baby before it's due. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. But it was about being pregnant and not being barren and not losing the baby. So I gave her a scripture. We talked about healing. We talked about, I gave her a couple testimonies. I shared with her. I said, God's got a good plan for you. And then we prayed. When I prayed for this couple, I remember specifically praying for the, her whole system, her whole body to be in balance so that she could conceive, carry the baby full term. God knew just what she needed. About a month later, 
I got a phone call from Kay and she said, something really interesting is happening with Erica. I didn't know this because she didn't tell me this, but Erica had lots and lots of food sensitivities. And every time she ate, her stomach hurt. She had taken almost all foods out of her diet. Her diet was really restricted. After that day when we prayed, when she ate, her stomach didn't hurt. She paid attention to it, and then she started to gradually add one food back into her diet at a time. With each food that she added back, she had no pain. She eventually had a complete open, she could eat anything with no food sensitivities. So her body was completely healed of that. In December, she lost the first baby in August. In December, she became pregnant. She is now, she's due in August, so she is doing wonderful. She's strong, she's well, she's healthy, she's whole, and she's going to have a beautiful baby boy in August. So praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, we're going to move on. And I've got one more, well, maybe two more points, but one more big one. And that is that a prophetic anointing is released with testimonies. I want to show you this in Scripture. Open your Bibles to Revelation 19. A prophetic anointing is released with a testimony. Revelation 19, verse, verse 10 says, it, this is the revelation of John, and in the middle of his revelation, he is, um, he is spoken to by, uh, it, it appears that it's an angel. And it says, I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So in the midst of this, this angel says, we have the testimonies. They celebrate in heaven the testimonies of Jesus, the works, the amazing love and gifts and whatever. I don't know what they do. We're going to find out someday. But the testimonies of Jesus. And then he says to John, don't worship me, worship God. And then he makes a statement. He says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. All that we're sharing is the testimony of Jesus. We're not testifying about Lisa or, or Tom or me or Kathy. We're testifying about Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is this thing that the Bible calls the spirit of prophecy. I want to tell you what the definition of prophecy is. A prophecy has two parts. The first part is that it is an inspired declaration of the divine will and purpose of God. So it is a spoken word that gives the divine will and purpose of God. Okay, we're going to stop there for just a second. Testimonies do that. Testimonies declare the divine will and purpose of God. It's his will to heal. And when we share testimonies of healing, we're declaring that we're declaring his will but there's more a prophecy is also a prediction of something to come kathy had a word of prophecy when she was in the middle of that that um season she was prophesied over that she would she had a calling of healing 
ministry of healing upon her life. She wasn't in the ministry of healing. Two days later, I called her and asked her to join our ministry team. A prophetic word is a prediction of what is to come. So it is both the declaration of the divine will and purpose of God, and it is also a prediction of what is to come. That's what testimonies do. The testimonies of what Jesus has done release that prophetic anointing in both areas, the divine will and purpose of God, and it also creates or carries creative power to bring that what is declared into being. The prediction has an anointing with it. The testimony releases an anointing. We have seen so many healings here in the last two days. There is a prophetic anointing in the atmosphere for that for, for the healings to happen again. For the same, even the same kinds of healings to happen again. The prophetic anointing actually changes the atmosphere. God has hidden the miracle realm for us, not from us, in the mystery of the testimony. This is a, a, an awesome environment that we're in right now. We have heard many, many testimonies. I'm going to share a couple more little snippets, just little short ones, where I have seen this anointing carry forth and see testimonies multiplying. First one I want to share is when I was healed of cancer, people started to ask me. They started to come to me and ask me about, about my what happened. And I didn't know anything about explaining it with the word i just told them what happened the first three people that i told were also healed one was of brain cancer one was of high-grade sarcoma and one was of leukemia let me tell you god caught my attention all i did was tell them i told them what i did i gave them that little book of healing scriptures and i said this is what i did try it and they also were healed i was awed literally awed real recently in our in our healing ministry we've had a series of healings of ears hearing loss and ears the first one i had a word of knowledge for hearing loss and one of the ladies stood up and she said yep got that one of my ears has a hearing loss the next week she told me we prayed for her the next week she told me that she noticed that when she talked on her cell phone she didn't have to change the volume she used to have to change it depending on which ear she was using because there was a difference in her hearing but that was no longer the case. She had received healing in her ear. Shortly after that, a, a few days after that, I was in another prayer, altar ministry time. The usher who was there working with me came up to talk to me after prayer time. And as I was talking to him, he kept leaning in really close. And finally he said, I have a hearing loss. That's why I'm having a hard time hearing you. I didn't even think twice about it. I just laid my hands on his head and I prayed. I said, be healed in Jesus' name. You don't need to live with that. And then he immediately started, he was, he was taken aback because he didn't ask me to pray. I just did it. I probably should have asked. But I think it was good that it happened the way it did because he said, I don't deserve healing. He said, I did this to myself. I damaged my own ears. And I stopped him right then and I said, oh, no, Bruce. You don't, it's nothing about what you did. It's about what Jesus did. Jesus took what you deserve. Maybe you didn't deserve it because you did it to yourself, but Jesus took what you deserved and paid for it. 
It's yours already. Jesus already paid the price. So, so I suggest you receive it. And then I told him about this other woman. Told him what happened to her. The next week he came back. And from then on he keeps coming back. With the testimony just getting better and better and better and better. <laughs> he has had amazing recovery of his hearing. Amazing. He is able to hear at a... It it's progressively increases. It's progressively getting better. But he, he wasn't able to hear the ding on a microwave. And now he can. He wasn't able to hear the buzzer on the dryer. And now he can. He wasn't able to hear his wife's murmuring and complaining. <laughs> and now he can. <laughs> he also had a really bad tinnitus. Loud ringing in his ears. That was also healed at the same time. Didn't even really realize it. But that was also healed. But about uh, two or three weeks ago, he was driving in his car. And... Out of nowhere, one of his ears started ringing really loudly. Well, let me tell you, Bruce has definitely been learning a lot. As soon as he received the initial healing, he started coming to healing school. Every week he's there. Every week he's there. And as soon as that ringing started in his ear, he started commanding it to go. He didn't waste any time. He said, I was so loud, I couldn't hear the ringing in my ear because <laughs> I was telling it to go. And he said, as soon as I got quiet, it was gone. It was gone. So this man has just received so much. So I've been sharing his testimony as it continues to grow. And many times I'll say, is there anybody else here with a hearing loss? Because there's a prophetic anointing on that testimony. Uh, uh, one week, people stood up and I said, Bruce, go lay your hands on that guy. And he did. And when he laid hands on this other man, his ear popped, the other man's ear popped, and he received healing. There is a prophetic anointing on the healing for it to be repeated again. Backs. Backs get healed all over the place. I, I can't even tell you how many people I have talked to here that have issues with scoliosis. Well, I'm going to share you a testimony about scoliosis. This happened in New Mexico a year ago. There was a young girl. She was uh, not even 20. She just graduated from high school. She came up for prayer. And she told me that she had scoliosis, a really bad degree of it, and her back was S-curved from side to side. Most scoliosis are front to back, but hers was sideways. And she had had two fusion um, surgeries when she was young. Her back was fused. Her back didn't bend. And I laid my hands on her back and prayed for her. And I asked God for a creative miracle. I said, God, you have spare parts in heaven. I saw that on some videos of people who visited heaven. There's rooms of parts up there. That's not just one person that's seen that in heaven. There's several that have seen that. And I said, there's spare parts up there, so let's ask God for a new back. And we did. And she got a new back, a creative miracle. She was standing by me, and I felt something move in her back. She felt something. The next thing I knew, she was on her knees with her head on the floor. She had a back that didn't bend until she, God gave her a new one. Amazing. Amazing. I followed this girl. Uh, we're Facebook friends now. And I, I you know, ask her occasionally, how you doing, girl? Perfect. She is traveling all over. She moved to New York City. She's a makeup artist. She tours with different groups. And she shares her testimony everywhere she goes. God is good. God is amazing. God is amazing. God is amazing. We went to a conference in California uh, this past winter, and there were three back healings at that conference. 
bam, bam, bam. The pastor was one of them. The pastor who was leading the retreat was one of them. The second one was a woman who had had back issues for 18 years. And for 13, the past 13 months, she was so debilitated that she couldn't get out of bed by herself. She couldn't tie her shoes. She was in constant pain. And when we prayed for her, the pain completely left. That's posted on my Facebook. You can read it. It's awesome. The third one was a woman who had a fractured spine. She had a broken back. She had a fracture in her back. Same thing. She was in constant pain. We laid hands, prayed, and the pain completely left. We've got Vince today. We've got necks that we've had loose tonight. There is a prophetic anointing. A prophetic anointing. We're going to be praying for these things tonight, by the way. The last one I want to share, um, this is a really awesome one. Um, this was a year ago. We were in Florida, and um, there was, we went to a church, and the only reason we were going there was to meet with the leadership to talk about possibly doing some healing meetings. But it turned into a healing meeting. <laughs> it was fun. There were all these leaders there, and then as we were telling them about our books and stuff and the things that we do, and, and so-and-so said, this person really needs prayer. Could you pray? And of course we'll pray. So it ended up we prayed for many people. And then they left, and they went and got somebody else. And brought him to me. And they said, Paul, tell, tell Cindy what's going on. Well, Paul had um, symptoms in his body that the doctor, oh, I just felt the anointing, that the doctor said pointed to prostate cancer. He said those symptoms point directly to prostate cancer. And he had had the test done, but he had not yet gotten the results. So we prayed over him. We said no. No to that report and yes to God's report, just like Tom has been sharing, that the, the finished work is in the spiritual realm. And we came in agreement and we spoke to his body and we called God's report into his body and we said no to the lie, no to the doctor's report, no to the report of cancer. The next day he called me and he said, Cindy, the doctor's report came in and there is no cancer. Praise God, praise God, but that's not the end. He said, Cindy, I've got somebody visiting me right now who's very special to me. This guy, this man, is like a son to me. He's my surrogate son. He's visiting from the New England area, and he's also diagnosed with prostate cancer. But it is to such a degree, at stage four, he has a, a tumor on his pancreas the size of a grapefruit. Now, it started as pancreas cancer, but it had metastasized. And he had a tumor the size of a grapefruit on his pancreas. They had tried chemo, and he had had a really, really bad reaction. He only had one treatment, and they had to cancel the treatment. So he had only had one treatment. And um, Paul said, would you pray for this man, Kevin? And we were a distance apart in, in proximity. So um, we talked and we tried to figure out a meeting place. Kent and I were flying home the next day. So we decided to meet in the airport. This is probably one of the funnest places I've ever prayed. So we met in the ticketing area of Sarasota Airport. And we ministered to a man. We told him about Jesus. He had a testimony right next to him. The man who had gotten the good report the day before, who was like a father to him. We shared some truth, not a lot, because we didn't have a lot of time. We gave him a little book of healing scriptures that Kent had in his bag that was his book. Took it out and gave it to that guy. And we, you know, we prayed for him. We laid hands on him. And then we flew back to Michigan. 
He went back to his New England home the next week and he went back to his oncologist, had more tests done. Before his trip to Florida, there was no hope. It was incurable, completely no hope. When he went back and had the next series of tests done, the tumor that had been grapefruit size was now pea size. And the doctor said, it is completely treatable. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He's so amazing. So the last point I'm going to make, and if we have any, um, I don't know if we're going to have musicians or, or just music tonight, but we're just about ready for that. Um, <clears throat> the last point is the importance of keeping the testimony. I talked to this about a couple people today. The importance of keeping that in front of you, which you've already seen God do. The word keep means to watch, to preserve, to protect, to treasure up in your heart, to celebrate, to observe, to guard. A keeper of a testimony doesn't withhold the testimony. A keeper distributes it. Sometimes people don't like to share testimonies because they feel like they're bragging about themselves. But that's a lie. That's false humility. It's not about you. Sharing testimonies is about glorifying God. So don't buy that lie. Psalm 118.17 I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. This scripture is one that God brought to my remembrance when I was first diagnosed with cancer. But the interesting thing was, I don't know where he got it from to bring it to my remembrance because I don't even think it was in there. But somehow he put it in me because I didn't know one scripture. I had never read the Bible. I had no scriptures in my heart. But that one he put in there. And I would wake up in the middle of the night, night after night after night after night, and that scripture was just resonating in me like a song stuck in my head I will not live but die and declare the works of the Lord oops oh boy thank you for correcting me guys I will not die but live I rebuke those words I will not die but live I will not die but live I'm gonna say it one more time I will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord thank you guys for correcting me that word declare is to recount to rehearse to talk about and to recount exactly and accurately don't exaggerate it if you had issues in the middle of it tell that as part of your testimony you know, if you're not sure about something and you were confused, tell that as part of your testimony because look at how God turned it around. Be accurate when you share your testimony. Don't exaggerate. Just be accurate. What we're doing when we, when we declare the word is we are representing God just like Jesus did. We are representing him. We are representing his goodness, his nature, the amazing works of God. And when we do that, we open the door for him to repeat the works. So two 
simple steps on keeping the testimony. The first one is to keep a journal. Write those things down. Everything that God does for you through your journey, and it doesn't have to be the end of the story. The little details, like Tom told you today, like Yvonne and Lisa and Kathy told you today, those details, just jot them down. And then go back and look at it, especially if you're in a time of, of one of those valleys when you're feeling kind of weak. Get out your book, your journal, and read what God has already done for you. My first book was based on my journal. I just took the journals that I had kept during that season, and I, that's what the book was birthed from. The second step is to meditate on testimonies. You can meditate on your journal, the pieces of testimony. You can meditate on the testimony of Jesus, the accounts of his word in the Bible. You can meditate on other people's testimonies. Recount them, rehearse them, review them, keep them in front of you, receive them. There is great power as we do that. And this is the closing scripture, Psalm 119, 99. I have better understanding and deeper insight than all my teachers because your testimonies are my meditation. That word insight is revelation. I have better insight. I have better revelation, better understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. So meditate, recount, keep the testimonies.